0: Hey Panthers, welcome to the Official Leadership Podcast. This is Behind the Mask.
1: Hello, my name's Sophia and I'm the director. And as a reminder, I use she, her pronouns.
0: I'm Margot, the chief editor, and I use she, her pronouns as well. I'm
2: kai Chen, the assistant editor, and I use he, him, him,
3: pronouns. And I'm Irene, the media manager, and I use she, her pronouns.
1: So today we have a wonderful guest on with us to discuss her insights on LGBTQIA activism within our community.
2: Today's daily quote, I simply do not believe that one aspect of myself can possibly profit from the oppression of any other part of my identity. From Order Lord.
3: Make sure to monitor your emotions when streaming our episodes and to seek professional guidance if you're feeling depressed or anxious.
0: As always, should you need to... Feel free to step away and talk to a trusted adult. Remember, there are always resources available. And
2: with those reminders in mind, we'd like to continue with our episode. Uh,
0: Today, we have Jenna Weiner, the Lead Education and Training Coordinator for Outlet and Adolescent counseling services program focusing on the local lgbtqia plus community so hi jenna we're so happy you could join us
4: hi thanks for having me excited to talk with you all today
0: yay so you are the lead education and training coordinator for outlet and adolescent counseling services program so what about this job intrigued you when discovering positions
4: um so i have a some some background in training and education um i did some tutoring for middle and high school students for a couple of years when i was in grad school and then i had done some training um because some of my work outside of my work with outlet focuses on lgbtq plus people in sports so I had done some training and education around those topics. And so uh, working for Outlet in training and education for LGBTQ plus youth seemed like a good opportunity to uh, bring together a bunch of different interests and experiences of mine.
0: Wow, that's so fascinating. Thank you for sharing.
4: Yeah.
3: So I wanted to ask um, how this position has shaped you as a person and how you feel you've grown well, with it.
4: Yeah, so I've only been working with outlets since November of 2020, so it hasn't been uh, too long. Um, So in terms of how it shaped me as a person, I think working directly with LGBTQ plus youth uh, has been really enjoyable. It's been fun to hear and see the different ways that uh, people who I say in the next generation, which makes me feel really old, but um who are, you know, a fair bit younger than me are thinking about gender and sexuality in ways that I know that I and um people I grew up with didn't really think about when we were that age. It's I'm in groups and people talk about coming out and, and how they are figuring out their identities when they're in seventh, eighth, ninth grade. And I'm like, Wow, people are really being really thoughtful about this now, which is really exciting and fun to see. Um yeah, and in terms of um, how how I feel like maybe grown in the position, I think just trying to figure out um, what it's like uh, leading groups. And, and we've done some trainings with uh, corporations and other big organizations, which is something that I had been somewhat familiar with, but hadn't really had experience with. So those have been fun to sort of learn and grow into.
0: Wow, that sounds really interesting. And what are some things that you've experienced when on the job that have been normalized in our current society and culture. And given the insight that you've gained from your job, what do you feel needs to be normalized in our uh, culture and society that we live in today?
4: I mean, so I, I work with, as I said, LGBTQI plus youth. Um, and I mean, so the question of what has been normalized, a lot of it's talking about, um, norms around gender and sexuality that, that people talk about and think about in society and that's partially that we're, we're working to push against and in, in talking about some of these trainings to say okay why are we assuming that everyone uh is straight why do we assume that everyone is cisgender um and just trying to push back against those types of norms and assumptions um and in terms of what do I feel needs to be normalized in our culture and society, I think it's things around that it's okay to talk about gender and sexuality from a young age. People know from a pretty young age and start talking about these things from a younger age than we maybe like to admit. And it's okay to talk about things like gender and sexuality from a younger age. Um, that's not a bad thing by any means. And and also things like sharing pronouns, which I don't know. Five years ago wasn't a normal thing for people to share or really uh, discuss with each other. Now, um, most people I interact with include their pronouns, certainly in their, their Zoom headers, which is all I really see sometimes of people. But um, those types of things I'm excited that um, are starting to be normalized and, and hopefully will continue to be normalized in society.
2: So I want to ask a question that is do you feel that by having this job you're making an impact on your community?
4: I'd like to think so I mean I'm working with LGBTQI youth as someone who is LGBTQI plus um, as a queer trans woman I'd like to think that I can be a role model and help set an example for some of the youth that I'm working with and also I mean I Again, I hope I'm making an impact on the community by talking with different organizations and educating people because, again, a lot of times these topics are kind of talked about but not really talked about and and being one of those people to say, hey, here's some information that you may not know that will help you better understand yourselves and your communities, I think is really important. Um, and I think hopefully is making an impact on our community.
3: So what lesson do you feel youth needs to learn to continue to make the world a better place for their LGBTQIA plus peers?
4: I almost say that youth aren't the ones who need to learn lessons. It's more the adults that need to learn lessons from the kids, which is to say that it's okay to again talk about identity and it's okay to explore and be fluid with things um especially the youth that I work with in some of our social groups they're really open to changing their names and pronouns and and the way they use identity labels um in ways that I, I don't see adults um doing and and so for youth I think it's honestly the lesson is keep doing what you're doing it's I think it's good and I think it's working um and I think it will continue to make the world a better place for their lgbtqi plus um peers and and for those youth who aren't lgbtqi plus um it's about you know learning that it's okay to talk about these things and which i think is again already happening but i'm hopeful will continue to happen um, to just normalize that everyone has their uh sexual and gender identities in different ways and, and that's okay and we can't talk about it
1: if you're comfortable with sharing how has the lgbtqia representation changed since you were young
4: yeah i I touched on this a little bit so i'm 27 grew up in the i would say late 90s early 2000s mostly um at that time people were talking a little bit about gay rights But the idea of of trans people wasn't super common, the language wasn't really existed. Um, And and there's been a lot of changes in terms of representation, especially again, if we're talking about trans folks in particular, um, in the last, I don't know, seven, eight years, I would say, maybe less than that in terms of trans representation. Um, In terms of LGBTQ plus representation in general, it's, I think a lot has changed in that. Queer people aren't the punchlines of jokes anymore. If you go back and and watch some episodes of like the TV show Friends, which was all the rage in the 90s and and early 2000s, um, there are quite a few like homophobic and transphobic jokes in there that were very okay in that day and age, but have aged very poorly since. Um, So it's been a lot more positive representation. I I think there's still a, a long ways to go. Um, in terms of continued positive representation of LGBTQI plus people, again, especially with trans folks, with non-binary people, um, but there's definitely been progress.
0: Yeah, so speaking about progress, uh, what do you admire the most about June's Pride Month, uh, which is less than a month away? What What are your thoughts on it?
4: I mean, Pride Month's, Pride Month's fun. It's It's interesting to think about Pride in the way that it, it's sort of become a thing in culture as a as a big party as a big celebration where where really pride came out of protests um came out of the stonewall riots the uh compton cafeteria riot um in san francisco that um the, the idea of pride being a a place where people celebrate their identities to show up in the world and not as a uh And to protest, they show that they belong um and not as just a party um which it, which is fun, it's enjoyable. I'm glad that it's able to be a party, and also I think it's progress in a way um that that we're getting there, but we also can't forget the roots of pride, which I think are really important and I'm hopeful people are are starting to remember it a little bit more, but yeah, I mean pride's fun it's a time where people get to get together get to continue to celebrate who we are as LGBTQI plus people. um, And I think that, I don't know, it's fun. It's encouraging. um, And it's also nice to see uh, community support uh, come out during Pride Month, although of course it doesn't just stop at Pride Month. So community support really should and and needs to continue in months outside of June.
1: Yes, exactly. What is the most crucial step that needs to be taken in the future fight for LGBTQIA plus inclusivity?
4: Uh, I'm just going to go back to my to my well here, trans and non-binary inclusion, um, with the gay rights movement, the gay marriage movement, there's been progress there, but the next steps are for fighting for the trans and non-binary communities to be able to exist in the world. There's a current slate of anti-trans bills across the country that either uh, are in the process of being passed or have been passed. Um, and that that's where the fight is it's about ensuring that trans and non binary people can continue to exist in the world in the u.s in particular um and that we aren't legislated out of existence um and i think that's really really the forefront and speaking again to sort of my particular expertise and interests outside of outlet and sports quite a few of the bills are focused on uh trans people in sports and, and being able to participate in sports which are sports is something that everyone should be able to participate in regardless of their identity um and trying to limit people because of their identity from being able to participate in sports i think is really harmful
3: yeah i i i do um i do stand strong with that
4: last bit yeah so so how can we support someone
2: who discloses their sexual romantic or gender identity
4: so it's funny because i just uh, was talking to some folks in a in a more corporate setting about this but a lot of times it's just about being there for the person and backing them up in whatever way uh, that looks like for them. So people just want someone to say, yeah, I'll be there. I'll support you. I'll back you up in whatever way that looks like for them. Sometimes it's about, um, you know, helping them navigate whatever steps they're trying to do or coming out to other people. Especially if we're talking about young people, um, thinking about, you know, supporting people who maybe have come out to friends, but they haven't come out to their parents yet. And how does that process work for them? And how can you support them in in being brave potentially in, in trying to talk to their parents? Um, and, and I, partially, when people ask about coming out and supporting people, it's just about like being a good friend. If you can be a good friend to someone that you're going to support them in their coming out process. If you, you know, are, are there for them just as much as before they came out until after they came them. That's really important. And just also following their uh, uh wishes and what they want to do in terms of who they want to be out to when and not um outing them to other people who they aren't out yet to or they don't want to be out to uh for one reason or another.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. That's so important. Uh do you believe we should be teaching age-appropriate lessons about identity at an earlier age and how would this be beneficial and or un, um, unbeneficial to youth and the lgbtqia plus community
4: i mentioned this earlier i definitely think that we should be teaching uh, lessons about identity at an earlier age um one thing if we talk about gender in particular um, Gender isn't something that people come to uh, later in life necessarily. It's not something that people are also assigned at birth. It's something that people often come to understand for themselves, often as early as ages three, four, five, or six. Um, and if we're not talking about gender, then we're just uh, having people grow up in a world where they assume that everyone is cisgender and that uh, the someone's sex assigned at birth is their gender. And that's just not always the case. And so teaching lessons that it's okay to have a different gender expression it's okay too uh if you're assigned male at birth if the doctor says hey it's a boy it's okay if a boy wants to wear dresses that's not a bad thing and having conversations about gender gender expression gender identity at an earlier age I think will allow for less harm to be done it at the end of the day when it comes to people feeling like they can come out and uh, they can be who they are without uh, discrimination, without pushback from from friends, from family in particular, um, especially if we talk about, okay, if we're teaching these lessons at a young age, then that'll help parents as well. Um, parents and family members who are older be like, okay, actually, this is a normal thing and, and it's not this strange thing. But so if a, uh, a kid does come out eventually, then it's not a big, scary thing. It's okay. I understand this. They've learned about it. We've learned about it. And it could be a process that people can work through and learn together versus being something where someone comes out when they're in middle or high school and parents are shocked and have to rethink how they think about people. If there's more fluidity there, then I think it helps everyone in the long run. And so definitely thinking about gender in particular, teaching lessons about that from an earlier age and being more open to fluidity, I think would be really helpful.
1: And do you believe that we should be teaching age appropriate lessons about identity for younger students?
4: Yeah, I mean, so youth can actually do quite a bit. Part of it is, uh, I mean, there's lots of organizations to be involved with who support the LGBTQI plus community. Um, So for example, Outlet um, works with the community. Um, And then we also partner with the San Mateo Pride Center um, and those are some organizations that are often looking for some sort of volunteer help or uh, youth who want to be involved, especially LGBTQI plus youth. Um, a lot of times, people just want to hear from queer youth uh, from themselves about what issues they're facing. Um, and so, by sharing stories, by by talking about their experiences, then then that's a way to help. Also, just by uh, supporting uh, different organizations, again locally and uh nationally if if folks can but i think in general youth can fight to discrimination it's honestly sometimes it's just at the small level it's the small things it's the supporting your friend it's uh not judging people when they have a different gender expression than you're expecting or if they change their pronouns using someone's correct pronouns um, and it's those sorts of things that eventually fight systemic discrimination in general, um, bit by bit. And it's it's a little tricky to say, okay, just individual efforts will change the way the systems work. Um, but in terms of creating inclusive cultures and inclusive practices, it can be on an individual level. Um, because at, at a systemic level, it's about changing uh, legal and governmental policies, which are more difficult to do um certainly from from the youth perspective but not impossible by any means uh, especially working with uh organization, different organizations who are already doing the work and and would i think love to have youth uh support them in whatever way that looks like for the youth okay so with that do you have
2: any final insight to share with young listeners during this episode at home
4: um i don't necessarily have very much more i think again if you're Uh, someone who's in middle school or younger, high school. A lot of it is about supporting um, friends, supporting family uh, who are LGBTQIA+. Um, Those are often the easiest. It's often the easiest things that that seem trivial but are often important. Um, Again, and just supporting people and coming out using and sharing pronouns, um, those types of things are all helpful at the end of the day and and can help build an inclusive world and culture um, bit by bit. And I think that's the biggest thing is to feel like it it can feel like this really big problem or really big issues that are being fought and addressed at, at a national level or in government. And it feels very far away. And also you can make a difference uh, just by talking to people about issues about identities and, and supporting people <laughs> in our identities and as they come out
0: wow you touched on so many amazing things um thank you so much uh for coming onto the podcast it's been an honor to talk to you uh today i i wish sophia was here she would have amazing commentary and um, additional questions and things, but you touched on just so much. And I think that's what you said is just what middle schoolers and youth really need to hear right now because there are a lot who don't quite understand others or the, uh, their own identity yet. And it can it, it can be hard. So. Thank you again for coming on and
4: Yeah, and then and again it's part partly just about if you if you want to know more, if you want to learn more, talk to people who are out or who are coming out uh about their experiences. You can learn from others and then um the internet is we all know is is a helpful albeit not always perfect resource, um, but major national organizations I sort of touched on it the Human Rights Campaign, GLAD, the Trevor Project, uh, P Flag—those um, all have really good resources for friends and family, um, and for folks who want to learn more. Um, because oftentimes it is just about education and, and knowing um, about people's identities that you can start with, and then go from there depending on the individual situation
1: great thank you for all those resources so apart from jenna we would also like to feature another influential lgbtqi plus leader harvey milk harvey milk was one of america's first openly gay elected officials promoting celebration within the community (laughs)
0: Serving on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, he made headways for the LGBTQIA community's representation in politics.
2: Harvey Milk succeeded in passing the first passing gay rights ordinance, allow- allowing for more legal protections for LGBTQIA individuals. Uh, additionally, a foundation has since been founded in his honor.
3: Tragically, his life was cut short as he was assassinated at 48 years old. Even still, his legacy lives on as he is remembered by not just the LGBTQIA community, but the entirety of the country.
2: Just a reminder to monitor your emotions while listening to any of our episodes and seek professional guidance if you are feeling depressed or
0: anxious. Feel free to share your own stories and experiences with our Google form located on our website. This form is completely confidential, but if you wish to come on air with our team, that is also encouraged.
1: Once again, I think it is essential to reflect and understand the diversity within our community to celebrate every single person and every single component of it. So I thank Jenna for her insights on LGBTQI plus activism and inclusivity so that we can help foster a kinder and more caring environment in JLS and PUSD.
3: Make sure to reach out and seek professional guidance from a trusted adult or friend if you or anyone you know may need help. Also today we have two featured organizations, which are the San Mateo Pride Center and the Harvey Milk
0: Foundation. Thanks for listening. This is Behind the Mask. (music) because he got a Ooh. K